Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Primetime with Sean Mooney Network Classics. And we have another classic coming your way. It is uh, going to be a lot of fun doing this episode of Saturday Night's Main Event from May 3rd, 1986. So uh, get to your network. Get ready to queue this one up. It's easy to find. I will say it again before we actually go. But uh, what you want to do is go to the network and then uh, go to in-ring and then go down to the WWE Classic Series, find Saturday night's main event, uh, do the pull down there, go to 1986, and find the episode, May 3rd, 1986, Saturday night's main event. Okay? Uh, man, a lot going on. I'm glad you're uh, tuning in. I don't know when you're listening to this. This drops on Monday uh, at 6 a.m., but uh, we had a lot going on in the world right now, so I uh, hope you take a little time out to take care of you and those you love, and uh, just, you know, uh, kicking back a little bit. Uh, you know, everything going on with the coronavirus and people, you know, the insanity surrounding what's happening out there. I mean, go to a, a Walmart or a Sam's Club. I don't know wherever you are. We have Sam Clubs uh, out here, and uh, Costco. It is just insane. I took pictures yesterday. I went to a, a Walmart near me. And the soap aisle was completely gone. Uh, the toilet uh, uh, accessories, toilet paper is just insane. I don't get it. I don't really understand. I mean, if, if you're talking apocalypse and the first thing you think you're going to need is toilet paper, I mean, whoa, that's a, that's a little nuts. But uh, we do have to take all this very seriously, folks. No question about it. Uh, I, uh, I'm a, a news anchor in the mornings. I host a morning show where I am. And, uh, you know, so I'm hearing about it every day and the, the, uh, the insanity of it all and how it's just getting crazy and the hysteria. But at the same time, uh, as we listen to the experts our health experts here, you know, we, we really do have to take this seriously, but uh, also keep in mind that, uh, you know, flu season every year, uh, you know, uh, claims thousands and tens and thousands of lives, uh, tens of thousands of lives, and uh, we lose a lot of people, and we are nowhere near anywhere uh, close to something like that from happening. But at the same time, if you look at statistics, and this stuff can double up, and if we don't take it seriously, we could be in a, uh, a serious situation where we will lose a lot of people, especially the older people. And, uh, you know, if you're a young person and you say, well, I'm healthy and it's not going to impact me, but keep in mind, though, you can be a carrier. And uh, we all have uh, older people in our lives. Uh, hell, I'm over 60, so uh, I guess I'm one of them. But if they have underlying health conditions, it can be a serious, uh, you know, a threat to their lives. So please, please uh, be aware. Uh, the best thing you can do, like I say, uh, is wash your hands a lot. Uh, doctors say that that is the best way to uh, keep these germs from spreading. Uh, of course, you can use the sanitizer, but they say that washing your hands is best, you know, and if you're going to cough or sneeze, do it under the crook of your elbow and uh, just be aware and, and, you know, avoid the big, large gatherings right now, wherever you are. There's no reason uh, that you have to go to these events. There are going to, we'll, we'll get through it. Uh, but you just need to be pretty. Just need to be aware and and be uh, a caring person. Uh, take care of your fellow man and women and children out there. And uh, we can all do this. We will get through it. But I know it's a scary time. And um, if you're spending a lot of time at home, I'm, I'm glad that uh, you're, you're taking some time to uh, listen to another episode of one of our network classics and uh, maybe catching up on uh, some of the other episodes we've got. I know a lot of people doing binge watching. 
So, uh, you know, this is a good time to reflect on what's really important to you in your lives. So I, I hope you're doing that and uh, keeping the ones that you care about near. That's, that's the best thing, and take care of them. Okay, so we're doing uh, another Saturday night's main event, and I love doing these because, as I've said before when we've, we've done these episodes, they were uh, not only a return to network television, which hadn't happened since the 50s, but what was great about it is that they really jammed these with superstars and good matches where at least if it wasn't a great match, but at least you got to see two superstars going at it, which you didn't get a chance to see very often on shows that were on television. You, they wanted you to go to the arenas because that was where they made a lot of money. And also that's how the boys got paid back then and the women and everybody else involved through those house shows. They, they were, their, their income was based on the gates and um, during this period of time, of 86, we're talking WrestleMania 2 had just happened this, when this episode uh, takes place. So uh, the, the WWF is, is uh, still doing tremendously well and uh, continues to build momentum. Hulk Hogan, Hulkamania is running wild around the world. It's uh, fantastic. Anybody he touches turns to gold. And uh, coming up in this one, we're going to see some, you know, some, um, I'm not going to say they're great matches, but they're really good, great matchups. I mean, if I saw this, uh, you know, this card, and it was a a great house. Uh, They taped this at the Providence Civic Center in Providence, Rhode Island uh, back then. And uh, the place is really, it's jammed to the rafters, and it is a hot-ass crowd. It is a hot crowd. And one thing I noticed, uh, when, you know, when one of the entrances, and it was always crazy whenever Hulk Hogan was in the building, but uh, they, had, they have extra security uh, here on this. And, and, and this, it's another example, you know, where they have those narrow aisles where they've got those steel barriers, you know, very, very close to the superstars as they go out so people can really get to them. And uh, security has a tough time. Uh, they, they, they earn their, their money that night, as you're going to see in this episode, but this is why this is, this is fun to watch because it is a, a very, uh, uh, very enthused crowd. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Cause you're going to see when, when they come out and, uh, kind of going through this. And one thing I also like too, you know, we're, uh, quite a few episodes in at this point, you know, because it started the year before with, um, with Saturday night's main event and they would do, you know, on average, I don't know, five or six episodes, depending on the schedule with the Saturday night live, but so they've, they've been, they've had a few episodes already, but what I liked is that they didn't fall into a pattern with the shows. You know what I'm talking about where they would always have a cold open or they would always, uh, you know, have, uh, you know, Vince and whoever was uh, doing commentary or play by play or whatever it was, you know, uh, it, it uh, wasn't always the same of him starting the show. You know, they mixed this stuff up and tried new things for every show, and and that is the case here. This one starts with Mean Gene uh, basically running the card down, and they have all the personalities involved appearing uh, before this all starts out. So it's another different open that they did before they go to the announcers. And this is also different because this is uh, a, an episode where Vince, uh, who appeared on all of these, was, uh, of course, the play-by-play guy, but... Uh, they would have, instead of Jesse, they got Bobby the Brain Heenan, who is uh, next to Vince here. And this is where, and not to say, you know, uh, Bobby was always a, a tremendous performer. 
But as far as him doing uh, color commentary, as they called it, um, he was still finding his way. And I and as I've said before, uh, I didn't think Vince fit with many people. I didn't like his style of commentary, but I thought that when he was with Jesse, they were very good together because, you know, that, that, the dynamic between the two. Um, Vince and Bobby was, it just wasn't a, a good pairing. But it's fun to listen to this throughout because Bobby is, you know, finding his way. Now, he would find his perfect partner uh, with, with Gorilla Monsoon, and that was uh, coming. But uh, he hadn't really gotten to that point, so it's fun to listen to this to see him going through. And then, basically, Vince no-sells him throughout the whole thing. He doesn't get how to roll with him or do the banter like uh, Gino did, like Gorilla did. And so, uh, you know, take, make sure, of course, I'll be yakking, but, you know, you can always cut me out any time, but, but, uh, or go back and listen to these matches and, and, and uh, you know, check out the, the dynamic between these two. It, to me, it never, ever worked. Whenever they put uh, Vince with Bobby, even when he was at his best, it just wasn't a good fit. And that's just the way it is. Uh, that's my opinion. You know, you may disagree, but that's kind of the way I saw it. Um, in this card, and as I mentioned, you know, uh, Hulk Hogan could do anything. You know, he was just on top. He was just uh, riding this wave. He's up on top with that surfboard, hanging and banging and uh, everything else that uh, the Hulkster could do. And uh, he's just just at his best. And this, this for this show, and he, they team him up with JYD. Um, you know, JY, JYD was a huge, huge star down south, in mid-south. He was just... Uh, you've heard, uh, if you've listened to earlier episodes of uh, Primetime with, with uh, Sean Mooney and that, that time with, with Hacksaw was with us, you know, uh, Jim talks about when, being down there at Mid-South and just what uh, a, a, a superstar that, uh, an absolute superstar that JYD was, that he blew the roof off the arenas wherever he went, where they, you know, chant, uh, you know, who that dog and all this other, you know, uh, stuff going on and uh, how the crowds were just insane over JYD. He never found that success with the WWF. Now, whether that was because it was a different crowd, I don't know. Um, but or or if it was just not uh, he wasn't booked properly. That that could be debated forever. But he never really got out of that mid card uh, uh, situation. And they gave him some big pushes as he's getting here as he teams up with Hulk Hogan and. Um, they take on uh, Terry Funk and Haas Funk, uh, who, you know, uh, Jimmy Jack Funk is in this one, uh, even though he wasn't a real Funk brother, but they call him the Funk Brothers. And, uh, you know, Haas is involved in this. And Jimmy Hart is at ringside with them, which is kind of interesting to see all that happen. Uh, interesting in the notes here, too, is that this apparently was a farewell match for Terry Funk uh, for 12 years as he uh, would go on, uh, go back to the NWA and then uh, uh, into the, you know, the WCW and, uh, you know, uh, Japan and ECW. And, and uh, you know, he would, he would appear, though, if you look at the, uh, his history with the WWF, he, he would appear, he would keep coming back, even though that his stints were short. But he made several appearances with the WWF, WWE, and uh, but anyway, this is uh, this is a, a pairing uh, with the with the the Funk Brothers as they called them, and uh, Hulk teaming up with JYD. Uh, what's also fun in this matchup is that uh, Hulk and JYD kind of switch roles here. Um, 
they have, uh, and, and you know, and and uh, uh, Hulk does a, a very good Im- imitation of JYD in this. He really does. I his voice and everything. And they kind of switch roles, as I said, that uh, Hulk comes out and he's wearing the dog collar with the chain. And uh, JYD's got on the, the gold uh, Hulk, Hulkamania t-shirt, which he will rip off in the ring. And so that's kind of fun, what they do here. Uh, as far as the match goes, yeah, we'll, you know, I'll leave that up to you. We'll get through, we'll get through it when we're watching it and uh, kind of break it down. But, um, you know, they got uh, all kinds of, they're throwing in the, the whole, you know, I think the only thing, that, the kitchen sink might have been in there too because they've got, as I said, uh, Jimmy Hart's at ringside, ringside with the Funks. But uh, JYD and Hulk Hogan have the Haiti Kid with them, which is like, okay. I, I don't know if they were running something at the time at some of these house shows or they just thought like, what the hell, why not? They're going to have Jimmy at ringside. Maybe we can do some business with them, with Jimmy and, and the Haiti Kid, which uh, they do get into it. But, um, you know, uh, this is a point where, and we've, we've discussed this before, where, uh, you know, once in a while they'd bring in the midgets. They would have uh, someone come in and uh, they'd do some business and they would, uh, you know, hang out for a little while and then they'd be gone. And so at this point, they've got Haiti Kid uh, hanging out with the Hulkster, which is a big push. I mean, that's great. I mean, uh, network television. And uh, he gets involved in this match. Um, before we get into it, uh, I just want to uh, shout out to Da Wrestling Site, DAWrestlingSite.com for the notes on this one. I really, really appreciate all the folks that, uh, you know, that are involved in these sites that, um, you know, we, we use as a, a source for these episodes and uh, get their take because they've got, you know, some behind the scenes stuff that, uh, you know, I didn't know about and uh, maybe didn't catch in our research for these. But anyway, shout out to TheWrestlingSite.com. Uh, the main event there, uh, Hulk Hogan and JYD, that starts us all out. And, you know, this is this is another thing that uh, is kind of a reverse on these, whereas a house show, you know, you have the main event last. Well, they want to get people, they, you know, this is a, a national audience, and you gotta you got to hold that audience. So you got to give them something big right off the top. And as we start this, it's, it's this matchup with uh, Hulk Hogan and JYD facing uh, Terry Funk and Haas Funk. Um, Jimmy Jack Funk and uh, and Jimmy Hart uh, at ringside. So uh, another matchup here. They're calling it the Battle of the Big Men or the Big Guys. Uncle Elmer taking on King Kong Bundy. Uh, King Kong Bundy's at uh, you know, really huge at this point. I think they they even started. They said it's like they got a weigh in at the top of the show, uh, saying that Bundy weighs uh, in excess of three hundred fifty pounds. And then of course Uncle Elmer is his op- opponent. So you got uh, two big humans uh, in the squared circle for this one. Uh, you know, there's there's not going to be a whole lot to this one. It's a shorty. Uh, I think it goes a little over two minutes, and uh, it wouldn't be long anyway, no matter what was going on. But uh, that first that first matchup goes a while, so this one's a kind of a quickie to get him out there, you know, uh, maybe to to um, just get uh, give them some uh, notice out there, let people see him. And uh, Bobby Heenan gets involved, so he's going to leave the announce table for this and, and uh, be at ringside for King Kong Bundy. Uh, Another, you know, uh, interesting matchup uh, coming up here is Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff, uh, taking on adorable Adrian Adonis, uh, who's a really interesting story. Jimmy Hart, very busy this night. He's going to be at ringside for uh, uh, Adrian Adonis in this match as well. 
And it was always kind of crazy to me the way, you know, that we're just going to just kind of like throw people together. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy can take him. Yeah, Jimmy can. <laughs> but uh, Adonis was, was uh, used to getting in front of the camera. And, of course, he had taken on the effeminate uh, uh, role here after, uh, you know, being the, kind of that uh, bad boy biker, you know, tough guy. Um, and I always want, I really would love to know the real story. There's so many different theories about why he became, you know, adorable Adrian Adonis, uh, that, uh, Vince wanted to punish him because he had be, he had be put on so much weight, who knows, but, um, he embraced it and was successful with the gimmick for a long time. Uh, but, uh, sadly, uh, what about two years later, two years later from this, uh, I don't know exactly. Uh, how how much later? But um, he would would die in a in a, a tragic um, accident, uh, a van that he was in with uh, some other people, and a guy, a guy apparently tried to avoid a moose and went off the road into a creek. And um, I think it was four people in the van; three of them died, and Adrian Adonis was one of them. But um, but you know this was a you know this was a gimmick. However, it uh, it uh, came down how it came to be. I'm sure there's people out there that probably know the story a hell of a lot better than I do. But, um, you know, uh, he embraced it and got a lot of play out of it and had some, uh, you know, good, uh, good runs with feuds with uh, Roddy Piper and, uh, you know, a bunch of other superstars. And in this one, he's facing uh, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. And, uh, you know, of course, they play up Adonis saying he wants, you know, Paul Orndorff. Orndorff is, uh, he calls him Paula. And, uh, you know, it's, they could play this stuff up back then. Now, you wouldn't get away with this stuff today, but um, they could back then. This is 1986. So uh, we're going to have that encounter on the way. Um, Hulkster, Hulkster uh, you know, like I said, he was at his best. Uh, you've got, and Gene, of course, was his announcer. I mean, uh, the Hulkster and Gene were magic together, just so good. And, uh, you know, as I, as I get to see more and more of the stuff uh, every day I, uh, with Gene, I just appreciate it even more. I, I don't think I noticed it as much. I was too busy worrying about, you know, doing what I was supposed to do that I never really sat back uh, and, and just really appreciated what, what Gene Okerlund could do in front of a camera. I mean, he, he's just unbelievable. And I learned so much from him. And the success I had, as limited as that may have been, but I owe a lot of it to Gene because just watching him and just picking up pointers from him and how he, his timing and how he made me realize that, you know, you didn't always have to be talking, saying something, or, or, or actually verbalizing a reaction. He was just so damn good at it and uh it's not that i didn't uh you know watch him and go wow you know just enjoy it but i don't think i really really appreciate it now as much as i do now because now i look back uh, after all these years and um seeing other people attempt to do it uh, nobody was better than gene and i'll say it again you've heard me say it uh, a thousand times already but there was gene oakland and then there's the rest of us uh he's just so great and Hulkster and, and Gene were always great. I mean, uh, there are a few that were better in front of the microphone as a professional wrestler than Hulk Hogan to this day. I mean, the guy just was, uh, you know, uh, developed a whole new style that was, uh, you know, maybe incorporated a lot of other things from other wrestlers, but he was, you know, no denying it. Hulk Hogan uh, was was very unique in the way he did it, and it worked, and it caught on, and 
captured the world. So we've got a, an interview here from uh, with Gene and, and uh, Hulk Hogan. And it's, you know, uh, something from earlier in the day. So we've got an empty house. And uh, we, we talk about, uh, they talk about an attack by King Kong Bundy. Uh, King Kong Bundy, in, you know, uh, um, during uh, uh, the main event at WrestleMania two. And uh, it's, it's, it's really interesting how they were doing things back then to uh, spread the word, to get out, uh, you know, information on matches and, and feuds and maybe uh, hints on what was in the future. Uh, then, boy, I uh, really, when I saw this, this is another reason why I really wanted to do this Saturday night's main event, because many of you may remember it's a very uh, famous legendary match that uh, took place with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, who is uh, one of the greatest of all time. I mean, there's no question about it. You, you talk about legendary matches, and you hear superstars talk about, you know, um, who some of the greatest matches that they ever had when people asked them that question. And time and time and time again, you hear them say, oh, yeah, my, this match with uh, Ricky Steamboat, and this match with Ricky Steamboat. Well, in this uh, Saturday night's main event, Jake the Snake Roberts uh, faces uh, Ricky and... Um, this is the match where, you know, Jake is going to perform a DDT on uh, on Ricky outside of the ring. And uh, at this particular event, they did not have the blue mats on the floor. There was cement there. And uh, as the story goes, you know, Jake was very wary about doing this. He didn't want he didn't want to do it outside of the ring because of the danger of dropping a guy on his head. And apparently Ricky... Uh, you know, made it clear, no, I, I'll, I'll be fine, you know. And the thing was, you know, you had to get your, your hand up for the fall so that your head didn't strike the, the cement. Well, he didn't get his hand there in time uh, to protect himself or the way he landed was wrong and legit was knocked out cold. And you can see when they, you know, Jake goes to get him and puts him up in the, rolls him back into the ring. He's just a dead a pile of meat here. I mean, he is out as uh, you'll see. So pay attention to that when you when you see uh, Jake picking him back up. And I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I have to imagine Jake realized it, but the show must go on. I, I don't know, but he he keeps going against the snake. And, uh, you know, maybe he's thinking that, that Ricky's selling. I don't know, but it is just frightening. And I think there's some shots in here of uh, of Ricky's wife, who's you know, visibly concerned. And, uh, you know, <laughs> if, if, if she was selling, man, she did a hell of a job. There's no question about that. So, uh, you should look forward to that match. This is the matchup between Ricky, the dragon steamboat with Jake snake Roberts. And of course he's got Damien with him. Um, but, uh, man, it, it is, uh, it's crazy. Uh, that would set up though. The, this match would uh, set up a great feud between these guys and they would have a hell of a run. There's no question. Um, the WWF Tag Team Championship is on the line, and it's these uh, two out of three falls. This match scheduled two out of three falls, as Howard would uh, you know, announce that uh, the British Bulldogs, who had recently been crowned at WrestleMania II uh, with Lou Albano at ringside. I mean, Lou was everywhere. I don't know how many people he had, and why, I don't know why the British Bulldogs needed a manager, but they were probably working on their promos, and the guys could be a little... A little, uh, uh, well, they weren't, they were a little lacking when it came to the, the promos. But um, anyway, they are the newly crowned British Bulldog uh, Tag Team Champions, and they faced Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik 
Uh, and of course, my favorite of all time, Freddie Blassie, uh, is at ringside with them because, yeah, they definitely needed help when it came to that stuff. But what a great pairing, really, right? Nikolai Volkov and Iron Sheik, great tag team, great tag team. So uh, we're going to see these uh, three falls in this. Uh, well, I gave away part of it because they did go to three falls. And uh, you got uh, Blassie becomes very active at ringside when uh, he sees uh, what he feels is some shenanigans by the British Bulldogs. And uh, you're going to you're going to enjoy this matchup uh, uh, just for the the sheer theatrics of it. Um, So uh, we will see more and hear more from Vince and Heenan on this. But uh, that's that's coming up. Uh, So. Uh, I found this kind of uh, interesting that uh, the folks that did this, the, the notes on this, the wrestlingsite.com, uh, say it was not a great show. And and you and you, when you look at this, you're thinking, oh, God, this has got to be a great episode. So uh, I'll be very interested to see what you think once we get into it. And why don't we, why don't we do that? So I want you to, if you haven't, I said at the beginning, though, but, uh, you know, if you're not there yet, if you're not queued up, uh, go to uh, WWE. Network, if you're not there already. And then, of course, you're going to go to In-Ring. And once you get there, you're going to go down to WWE Classic Series and then scroll over until you get to Saturday Night's Main Event. Click on that. Uh, do the drop down there to 1986. And then find the episode. It's uh, listed as uh, May 3rd, 1986. Saturday Night's Main Event, May 3rd, 1986. All right, so we'll take a quick pause here before we roll on. Uh, to allow those who are not yet uh, queued up to do that, okay? So, let's pause. All right, so I am assuming that everyone listening is all queued up and ready to go on the WWE Network. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going get, to get to this episode. Um, I hope that... Uh, that uh, you've been enjoying the network. Uh, I don't know if you heard rumors that they were going to not have uh, pay-per-view events on the network. Right? I've asked uh, some of my uh, my sources, uh, and uh, they said, "Oh no, no, not, not, nothing yet on that." So I think you can relax for the time being. But you know what? Still, there's all kinds of tremendous material on the network. So uh, now you can still enjoy both. So let's just do that. We'll take one day at a time, as they say. Okay. So let's get all ready to roll here. Uh, Let's get queued up and ready? Three, two, one, play. Ooh. You know what? If you listen carefully here, can you hear the snake? Ooh. That is, uh, that's that's, uh, what they really sounded like. I remember that. Okay, so as I mentioned, they got... Gene Okerlund starts us out by just running the card down, and we're going to see shots of everybody. Saw Ricky Steamboat there, and then uh, Jake Roberts with Damian. Oh, so I was way off. 460 pounds? Well, it said 430, but but anyway. You've got uh, Bundy and uh, Big Uncle Elmer are going to go at it. And then uh, a little quick couple of seconds here from WrestleMania 2 where the British Bulldogs became the tag team champions. Here they are, Dynamite Kid and Davy Boy Smith looking as in tremendous shape as ever. And uh, yeah, this looks more like a still, right, of Mr. Wonderful? 
I want this man. I've always wanted this man. Okay, so that matchup is coming up. And then we got JYD and Hulk Hogan and the Haiti Kid. And of course they would do that. Who didn't see that coming? See, yep. Did I tell you, Hulk Hogan, he does a pretty damn good imitation of JYD there, right? They have a dog, right? That's good. All right, and then we get into the open here, which is kind of, I I don't know, were we trying to make this look like it's live? Because I always thought it was kind of funny when they do that. And then they show highlights from the show before it even starts. So if you're, you know, watching at home, you're going to say, gee, how did they already know what was going to happen? That's a dumb thing, but it stuck out to me. All right, and Vince, of course, brings us in. Here we are at the uh, Providence. We're in Providence, Rhode Island at the Providence Civic Center. And look at this crowd. I mean, they're uh, hanging from the rafters, literally. Look at the crowd way up there. This is a full house. And Vince bringing in his uh, color commentary partner for the evening, Bobby the Brain Heenan. And uh, Vince goads the audience into chanting weasel. So Bobby's already hot coming in. He has a good line there. He says, you know, my suit hangs in the closet. Yours has to be back in the morning. (laughs) Okay, there we got the Funk Brothers. Jimmy Jack Funk. And, of course, Terry Funk. And uh, Gene always, once again, very busy, very busy as he comes into this uh, locker room set. And uh, uh, Jimmy, look at a very young Jimmy Hart there. Looking good. The long way. I'm not quite sure what that means. That's got to be some kind of. Oh, Terry, Terry Funk there with the with <laughs> spit. And this is a highlight from WrestleMania 2. Terry Funk taking out JYD with uh, Jimmy Hart's megaphone. And Jesse, a commentary, saying it's a just a brilliant move, an absolute brilliant move, right? <laughs> yeah. So you got uh, this this uh, tag team matchup in here, and then they're going to bring in uh, Jimmy Jack. Special surprise, uh, Jimmy, the young Jimmy Hart. Yeah, there you go, Jimmy Jack Funk. And Haas. All right, here we go. Surprise has been uh, leaked. And uh, once again, uh, Gene had to quickly run over to the other locker room area, or out out in the arena, actually. The Hulkster, see, now he's uh, got the American Made t-shirt, which is uh, what the Haiti Kid is wearing. Oh, see, he's not worried about Jimmy Hart. How could he worry about somebody with red underwear, which uh, alludes to, you know, whenever Jimmy would lose his pants, he would be wearing... uh, Tidy whitey, but tidy reddies, I guess. He wore red underwear. 
And uh, JYD, as I said, uh, see how they switched roles. You got the Hulkster wearing the dog collar with the chain, and then you got JYD with a Hulkamania T-shirt. And uh, yes, it will be ripped off by JYD. You'll see that coming in just a, a minute or so here. The Hulkster got the chain on, and he's uh, ready to take apart the Funk Brothers. Hulks are big as ever, man. Look at those pythons, all 24 inches, right? Yeah, and and they did. Now, I, I mentioned earlier, look at this. So they got a very narrow aisle here, and they've got security, man, and do they have their hands full? Like, people just grabbing them. They look dangerous going around with that chain. Somebody grabbed that thing, but as they come out to the ring, watch the security guys on the side. <laughs> They're just... Fending for their lives here to, to get the Hulkster and JYD out there. But uh, it looked good on camera. It really added to the frenzy that w- was going on. And Hulk Hogan with that chain. Got to learn to wield that thing. And uh, not sure. I don't know why Haiti Kid was part of this. But uh, they had Jimmy Hart. So they figured what the hell. Maybe he was doing some stuff with uh, JYD. I don't know. And JYD gets busy here. And see, as I mentioned, you got Hulk doing, or you got JYD doing those uh, body slams, and then yeah, Hulk doing his uh, best impression of JYD and doing throwing some headbutts as he clears the ring of the Funk Brothers. And then you got the Haiti Kid grabbing Jimmy Hart, and he's going to look for the closest escape route for him, and he goes onto the ring. And Hulk swinging that chain. It seemed like it was too far from JYD's head, but nobody got hurt. As they get set to start this one, this match goes for a bit. I think it's over 13 minutes long, so good about to get this one underway. And see, you know, you got Bobby going. And there goes Haas Funk on his back. So, yeah, JYD. Haas Funk gets out to uh, do a little regrouping here. As he steps back in, and uh, the legal man is JYD. So Haas makes the tag, and in comes Terry Funk for the first time in this matchup. And knows he's in between two dangerous characters here. As I uh, said before, this was going to be a final appearance for Terry Funk with the uh, WWF WWE for a long time. I think it said in the notes there, 12 years. So uh, time to move on for Terry as he goes flying through and misses with the tackle there, goes right into the ring post. So that shoulder uh, took a shot and then uh, falling out of the ring, hurt his back as well. As Hogan's like, come on, come on back in. Got something for you. Oh, got a hold of uh, the Haiti kid. Oh, 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 can't quite get him as he uh, ducks under the ring again. And Bobby, you can hear him in the commentary just trying to find out where he can slip in here. 
So in the tag now, JYD steps out, and in comes Hulk Hogan. Let's see if uh, Haas Funk stays in. Okay. Collar and elbow. Side headlock. Hulk into the ropes. Not quite sure what that was. do see do Little square dance. And there's a body slam, and he's ready to drop that elbow right in the chest. Here's a cover. But Haas kicks out. And Hulk Hogan makes the tag. In comes JYD again. So, you know, uh, JYD, like, they're getting a you know big push. He's gotten them rubbing up uh, against uh, Hulk Hogan, and uh, that always had a great shine to it. And the crowd loving it. And uh, JYD stays in as Haas checks out. Haiti Kid cautiously makes an appearance from uh, being under the ring there. <laughs> And now Funk mounting some offense here. Some big elbows to the back of the head of JYD in a very dangerous area in the corner of the Funk brothers as they continue to pound away. And Hulk, uh, he's had enough this man. I'm not quite sure that that's the route I would have taken if you're trying to get to him. He goes right through the ref. A double clothesline there, and down goes JYD. Much to the pleasure of Jimmy Hart. And now we're going into a boxing match here. Oh, blocked by JYD, and he delivers a right of his own, and that is enough to take Terry Funk down as he makes a tag. Clearly out of it at this point. A little reverse. As Haas tries to come in with the, the big leg there. And that was a long way to go to get to the uh, outside of the ring. Terry Funk could work. And Jimmy, wow, takes out the Haiti kid with that branding iron. As he uh, connected with the side of his head. Jimmy running for his life. We don't quite know the damage he did to the Haiti kid, but he looks like he is out of it. A real shot to the head from that branding iron that Terry Funk uh, sported back then. So, oh boy, another shot to him is <laughs> JYD. <laughs> so, that what's what's that about? They're, they they. Uh, the Haiti kid has has got a head injury, and uh, and and uh, JYD just picks him up like a sack of potatoes and takes him to the backstage area, I guess, for treatment. So I'll just leave Hulk Hogan on his own for these two people. And there's Nelson Swegler making an appearance at ringside. The uh, well-known at the time, kind of the production coordinator, jack-of-all-trades for the WWF. Nelson's still working, guys. Still doing events. 
He's got some interesting stories. You ever want to uh, hear some of the behind the scenes of the early days of the WWF? Uh, listen to that episode of Primetime with Nelson Swegler. He's uh, really, really some interesting uh, stories about what was going on when Vince was putting the WWF together, still doing all their production down in Baltimore. JYD steps in to help Hulk Hogan. But check it out, the Nelson Swegler episode, the early days of the WWF explained. Oh, and Funk using that branding iron now. As he pounds away on Hulk Hogan outside of the ring. And look, no blue mats at ringside. As Jimmy even getting a few shots in there. And Jimmy, boy, kicking uh, Hulk in the ribs there. Funk pounding away. And as he sends Hulk into that steel barrier. And he's dropping him right on that cement floor. And those steel barriers, look how close they were when they get back to the ring. Look how close it is to the ring. Oh, back body drop by Hulk Hogan onto the cement. And obviously that did some serious damage to Terry Funk. And Haas gets a boot, and uh, it looks like Hulk is getting ready to wrap this thing up. Remember... JYD had taken uh, Haiti Kid backstage to be medically treated after he got smacked in the head by the by, by the branding iron. As JYD continues to work on Haas Funk, hard into the corner, Haas puts up the elbow and catches. Ooh, boy, another one! That was a hard shot, and another one. And down goes JYD as uh, Haas recovers a bit here, makes the tag, and Haiti Kid. No, just wrap up his head and send him back out there. <laughs> I got to be there for my people. <laughs> oh, goodness. As the crowd's chanting JYD, see, they did love him. They love JYD. Man, JYD. Finding, reaching down. And lets him know nothing you can do is going to hurt me. Clothesline. Down goes both men. Not JYD. And both men struggling to get to their feet. JYD hoping to get over for the tag, but Funk pulling him back there as... uh, JYD gets a boot to the face, but Funk's still all over him. Body slam. Terry Funk uh, looks like he's going to go up. Remember, they uh, said they got that secret weapon. The surprise. And Funk trying to do that slam off the top rope. Misses big time. And a clothesline by the Hulkster. Drops a leg. There's a... Gets the cover. There you go. No? As uh, Now they got a hold of the Haiti kid after they clear the ring of JYD. 
Jeez, and they're just, oh boy. Jimmy, you. And Hulk and uh, JYD uh, really not at the point now where they can help him out. And it was going to drive that thing into his head as Hulk grabs a hold of Jimmy Hart. That drags uh, the Haiti kid out of the way. And now Jimmy Hart's in trouble. And now Haiti kid just slapping away on Jimmy Hart, evening the score to what he did. As uh, complete chaos erupts at ringside and, and in the ring. And, uh, well, Jimmy Jack's a little late to the party here as the Hulkster grabs a bell. Well, that surprise came a little too late. Didn't help them one bit. As a match awarded to JYD and the Hulkster. A lot of craziness going on. And Hulk Hogan must pose. So he's getting it in here. And it is Hulk Hogan, uh, Hulkamania running wild in Providence on this night in May of 1986. Uh, JYD giving him the stage. And now they're going to do a little dancing. I got, I got, I got, I got. Yep. You would have thought at this time that JYD was going to be a massive superstar, but it uh, didn't turn out that way, at least in the WWF. And, you know, uh, whatever you thought of that match, it certainly went over big time with that crowd. They enjoyed it very, very much. And uh, that was uh, after that uh, brief timeout, that commercial break. Look, I got a young Timmy White in there as the referee. King Kong Bundy in the ring and Howard Finkel, the ring announcer. Say he lives, uh, I mean, he weighs here in excess of 400 and here we go. As we go back to earlier in the day, Bundy was a big, massive human, wasn't he? Bobby Heenan. Bobby Heenan, you know, make sure I'm here to make sure it all goes well. It's all on the up and up. He steps on the scale. Holy mackerel! That's yeah, legit. I, I I I believe it. Yeah. And uh, you know, uh, Bobby Heenan. Uh, that time, you know, Bundy never really was real great at uh, cutting promos like that. So to have somebody making things work, then uh, that's a big, uh, that's a play, uh, of course, uh, on uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. And they got Uncle Elmer's pig parts. Is that what that says? So you got uh, King Kong Bundy tipping the scales at 460 plus. 
Well, now it's hard to imagine, though, that uh, Bundy actually weighed more than Uncle Elmer. Maybe there's just more more muscle with, with uh, Bundy. And in comes uh, Uncle Elmer to the ring. And those uh, cutoff overalls. Yeah, there you go. That's uh, one of the original versions of, of jorts or jorts, whatever. <laughs> or what would you call them, over shorts? I don't know. But uh, he was not exactly a fashion plate. As uh, Timmy White must make sure it's all uh, all clear here. As they called this the Battle of the Big Guys. Okay? So, here we go. This isn't going to last long, as you might imagine. And uh, <clears throat> we get the flashback there we had of the weigh-in, which I'm not quite sure why that mattered, but uh, we knew they are big guys. Uncle Elmer with his pork-fried uh, skins. And... <laughs> Not going to be a whole lot going on. Now, Bundy could uh, surprisingly was pretty agile in the ring. I mean, he could do a lot, and that's why he he did so well. And really set an example for a lot of the big men that would follow him. Uh, John Tenta, of course, really uh, could move well. So could Fred Ottman, Earthquake, and uh, as they continue to pound away here. And Elmer, you know, you're not going to see a whole lot of movement in this. Is uh, pretty much the <laughs> make it clear. Lots of kicks. I'm not quite sure what that is. Is he choking him? Yeah, Timmy trying to break it up. I don't think you're going to see a body slam in this one. <laughs> Ooh. Bundy a little stiff. And a big right from Uncle Elmer as he fights to get back to his feet. Goes for the choke. Some big elbows to the chest. Drives Bundy into the corner as these big guys go at it. Ooh. That's the ass slammer. And Bundy in trouble here. Hard into the corner and comes Elmer. Big splash. And is this it for Bundy? Again, hard into the corner. But he's uh, not there this time when Uncle Elmer, not exactly lightning fast. Bundy drops the elbow, and that's it. <laughs> Not a whole lot to this one. Not a whole lot. So Uncle Elmer is going to go back and get his bucket of pork skins, and Bundy's going to get the victory here. Yeah. It wasn't a pretty match. It was not a whole hell of a lot to this one. Uh, this uh, had to be close to Uncle Elmer's uh, uh, end of his run in the WWF. And as you know, that all came about because 
Billy Jim got hurt. That's really what gave all those guys that opportunity, Uncle Elmer and Cousin Junior and all those guys, because uh, Hillbilly Jim in the middle of a, a, a great push. As he's wearing a, a gown. Not what quite that was. Adorable Adrian Adonis in his evening wear. Oh boy. As Adonis uh, goes on to list the assets of Paul Orndorff and a few of the things that uh, he's looking forward to. Gene's had enough. All right. Okay. Yeah, that's good. As Paul Orndorff gets ready for this matchup with adorable Adrian Adonis with Jimmy Hart, a man working hard, uh, the hardest working man in uh, the WWF. uh, uh, And there were many, but uh, Jimmy was uh, right there. Now, this is interesting. Gene in... (laughs) In the spa here with with Paul Orndorff. I'm not. I don't know how this one came about. Where where they said this will be a great idea. Oh boy. See, yeah. Back then, that was uh, you could do that stuff. This is 1986, man. Wow. And Gene, Gene Okerlund agreeing to just wear a towel. And uh, <laughs> I don't, I'm sorry, I'm just, I just, uh, it just amazes me that, that they came up with some of this stuff to do. Yeah, Gene's had enough of, okay. Uh, asking him if he's uh, overconfident. This would have been a tough interview for, I, I don't know, I, I, I would have been uncomfortable for me too. And I was in pretty good shape back then. <laughs> So now they're both in the ring now. Adonis still has his gown, which he's going to uh, wrestle in, which is uh, interesting. I hope there was some... Whoa! Arm drag there, another one. Uh, Orndorff goes to work right away and follows it up with a body slam. And one after another, man. Just uh, take it easy as, as uh, Adonis takes a quick exit as uh, Timmy White tries to control him and say, calm down, calm down. We... Uh, Got to get yourself together here so we can have this match. Jimmy trying to console Adonis after uh, he took a early beating here in this matchup. Oh, boy. Orndorff smashing his hands on the apron as he just drags him back into the ring. Oh, boy. And there goes Adonis right under the floor. Man, you know, even after he put on this weight, because... Uh, you know, I never saw him earlier when he uh, was in uh, supposedly pretty damn good shape and, and uh, spent a lot of time in the weight room. And then at some point he just said, ah, I'm done. But uh, they always talk about, though, that he could still move pretty damn well, even with that extra poundage that he had in the ring. 
So uh, he's trying to fight his way to get back in the ring as Jimmy Hart uh, continues to jabber away at ringside. And Timmy, going with the count. Tell him he's got to 10. Get back in there. He better get in here. Stepping back in. Man, Orndorf was in tremendous shape, wasn't he? And uh, now we got both of them back in there as he stalls for time here, trying to uh, catch his breath. Might have been blown up for for real. <laughs> Legit. And uh, this match is it's pretty good, you know, good long match for a Saturday night main event. But, you know, he could work really well in the ring. He knew what the hell he was doing in there. Sends him in. Like abdominal stretch. And Orndorff trying to continue with the punishment here. Bobby says he's wearing a shower curtain. But, you know, do you notice in this, and uh, if you listen to the commentary, a stretch of it, I mean, it's like he's not, Vince treats him like Bobby's not even there. He doesn't have any reaction really to what Bobby says, even when he has a pretty a couple of pretty good uh, zingers in there, and he just doesn't react. It's just like he just keeps going, and it's... <laughs> And uh, Donis, a little cheap shot there. And now trying to mount some offense of his own, try and regain control of this match. Pounding away in the back of uh, the shoulder blades of Orndorff. Tosses him and misses. And wow, goes over the top rope onto that hard cement floor. As Jimmy uh, goes into some very dangerous area there at ringside and it's now paying the price as Orndorff just drags him in. And uh, what do we see here? A little airplane spin. No, he's just going to toss him over onto Adonis. (laughs) That didn't take much effort. Jimmy didn't weigh too much then. He still doesn't. He weighs a hundred and... 60-plus pounds, maybe? Who knows? But uh, he's still still that way. Orndorff just frustrated, just had enough of these guys as we uh, take take a break here. As uh, Vince does a quick uh, coming up here of the match that are still, still on the way, the matches. And we come back from commercial, and the match is uh, obviously continued. And now here now we see an airplane. We'll see if uh Adonis takes off. Huh? Grabs the rope and uh tries to hang on to Ordnorf, but ends up on the outside. That was a little as he's grabbing into the ring post, so it's just a little sloppy. Oh boy. Jimmy Hart making a big mistake there. But you gotta give it to him, man. He uh he worked hard for his his stable. Whoever was in it, man, he was willing to go in there and do battle for him. 
And uh, Adonis, uh, with J- uh, Timmy White's back turn, grabs that uh, megaphone and just clocked Orndorff on the back of the head. Getting a sizable advantage here now. Referee never saw it, so we'll see how much that comes into play here. Uh, the big forearm across the shoulder blades as he uh, trying to take full advantage of Orndorff's suffering here. As he continues here, you know, and it, it's, uh, I don't know, you, you have to wonder, I would love to know the story of why Adonis took that road of not staying in shape or sure there's a lot to it but he he still was you know doing quite a bit with the WWF at the time and and uh obviously was you know very over as a heel That uh, reaction from the crowd. Drives that elbow into uh, the head of uh, Paul Orndorff as he, uh, you know, he already took that shot to the head. So how much damage is this doing? How out of it is he? As Orndorff fights back, trying to uh, fight through the haze, he obviously has a concussion. Who knows what else is happening? If he even knows where he is after getting clocked with that megaphone. Donis setting him up, and yeah, good clean suplex there. Uh, or, uh, Adonis trying to go for a cover here, but obviously uh, nowhere near enough to uh, keep Orndorff down going into that extra reserve of an autopilot here in survival mode. To Donis, like I said, man, the guy could still get around despite, that's a nice view, as he comes off the top rope, Orndorff gets the knees up and drives it right into the midsection of Adonis. That had to hurt. Bulbous, there's a word for you. Very apropos here. Bulbous. Oh. And Adonis caught in the top rope and the second rope as he does that flip over and uh, pretty much at the absolute mercy of Orndorff. And he gets a hold of Jimmy and a big right. Down goes Jimmy back to the floor. Adonis free, but uh, not free of the torture, the punishment of Orndorff as he's driven into the ring post. Oh, and he's just ripping off the gown and choking him with it, trying to trying to fight it off. And Timmy White moving in. Orndorff better be careful here. He's going to get disqualified. It's, he's not letting up. This has gotten very personal for Orndorff. Driving knees into the jaw of, as he's got Adonis. Oh, and there goes Timmy. That's going to be it. He's not going to stand for that. 
Timmy White calls it. It's going to be a DQ here. Orndorff could care less. It's vengeance he's got in mind. It's Jimmy trying to save him. Basically getting hung from his own gown. Uh, Rips that dress right off him. And, uh, you know, Adonis may get the win. Yep, he's going to get the win, but uh, everybody in that house knows who was victorious in this encounter between Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff against the adorable one, Adrian Adonis. Yeah, uh, as uh, we saw in the notes here, they said it was not... uh, the greatest matches, and yeah, they all been a little bit sloppy. But, you know, Orndorff trying to go after him with a chair. Uh, Timmy White steps in and uh, keeps that uh, from Adonis taking on uh, even more punishment. But boy, we just got to get things calmed down in this arena. So with that, that was kind of a cool little move. They went from kind of the same shot. To uh, Hulk and Gene in an empty arena earlier that day. Yeah. Already. can feel the electricity. What a duo these two were. Huh? Together? No question about it. So they're going back to say, you know, to show us what happened last time. Saturday night's main event and Bundy and Don Morocco. Worse than dignity. Wow. Yeah, that was uh, March 1st. So we're talking a couple a couple of months later. This uh, a couple of months earlier, this had taken place. So Hulk not pleased. So we're we're just building up, uh, you know, uh, Hulk Hogan and his hit list that he's got. There's uh, people he needs to take care of. Want to go after? Uh, he's still got to get even with uh, Bundy, Magnificent Morocco, Fuji, and of course Heenan. Yeah, he's pissed. Oh, boy. So we're giving you a little shot. You're getting a little view of what happened at WrestleMania, which had uh, just taken place. A steel cage match. Back and forth, the Hulkster getting even. As uh, Hulk Hogan got his vengeance. And he's still got the ribs wrapped there, right? It's a little low there for the ribs, but hey, you know, you get the point. And choking him with his uh, own tights. 
It can't be stopped. And Hulk Hogan, man, just uh, wreaking havoc here. And this is, you know, they got uh, his lordship uh, on commentary, which is cool. And Jesse Ventura got some juice. And down goes Bundy. Bundy's down as Hulk going up to the top of the cage. Now, you would never see this very often. Here goes the Hulkster because, you know, you know how this worked. Once he got to the floor, he'll be all over. Yeah, Hulk, so that, those memories vivid in his mind. And the Hulkster talking about how he had to even the score there, and he did. Is it over yet? This is, you know, the Hulkster man. He uh, he, he could get intense too, man. I I, I, uh, I I used to love these ones when he was like just really, uh, you know, over the edge. Yeah. Yeah. Great promo. In real American, as Vince says. Yeah, now this is the match I've been waiting to see because, uh, as I mentioned before we rolled here, that uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat takes on Jake the Snake Roberts, of course, with Damien at ringside. And this is the match where uh, Jake delivers a DDT outside of the ring onto the concrete floor and uh, did not uh, go well. Uh, That's one way to put it. But uh, just uh, really frightening moments. And you're going to see this here. When he puts him back into the ring, man, it's just uh, looking at him, you're like, man, either this guy's selling really, really, really well or he is uh, badly hurt. And uh, he uh, had a serious concussion from this and uh, was out a bit. Oh, boy, a snake wrapped around his neck. You know, that must have been pretty frightening to have that snake around your neck. Holy crap. But, boy, man, this guy could, uh, boy, could he work in the ring. I mean, just phenomenal. Like uh, uh, there's so many great matches. You just go down the list of of great matches that he had with some of the greatest wrestlers in the history of professional wrestling, and and um, he helped make them great. And he was great in the ring, no question about it. I've seen him uh, at some of these different events. He still looks great. I mean, and it's nice to see Jake still working. Saw him on AEW. And I got a little thing going with uh, with uh, with them uh, on that, and uh, really, it's it's I'm I'm so happy for him that uh, things are coming together, coming back together for him. And he is certainly one of the best man. Still can cut a great promo. I did that. Uh, I don't know if you caught it. The one he did with, with Cody uh, just did just awesome. He still got it. It's still great. 
Uh, and back then he was clearly one of the best. And, and you hear about some, you know, you, you talk to some of these wrestlers up, up today and they talk about what a, what an influence he's been on their careers, uh, especially when it came to uh, cutting promos. He, he made it clear that you could be so effective. You didn't have to scream. You didn't have to yell. Uh, he just, uh, you know, delivered a message. just a slow burn, as I called it. As Ricky Steamboat making his way to the ring. Ricky, Ricky Steamboat there. As we've got the uh, Damien there uh, in the bag. Ricky uh, Steamboat, really, really popular. Such a, a, a great baby face. Jake goes right after him, doesn't even give him a chance. Clotheslines him. And uh, again, boy, clothesline and down goes uh, Ricky. All right, and watch this now. Uh, Jake goes right after him and boom. Oh, God. Did you, I mean, did you see that? And if you saw that, his head was just down too far, and he's just a lunk. And he is just dead meat here. I mean, he is, I hope you're watching that, because his head just drove right into that cement. And I think they're going to show shots of his wife here, uh, who was at ringside. And... You know, people say that they could, uh, you could hear his, his head, like, hit that cement. And it was like, uh, you know, like a coconut dropping on it. And they're going to show shots here of him. As a referee. And, I, you know, I, 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 I have to wonder, I mean, did Jake realize at this time what kind of shape he was in because it's I don't, it's crazy. Uh, I don't know if Jake's saying, you okay, brother? You okay, brother? I mean, and now they got people came in the ring. You've got uh, guys in the, the backstage area that's uh, Blackjack uh, Lanza and uh, who else is out there? But watch, watch. See, he didn't get his hand down there. I mean, he just went head first into that cement. And wow, just legit. And geez, I mean, you talk about what, what happened. Uh, sure looked great on that replay. But he is, uh, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, I would love to know. Yeah. And she's like, no, I think he's, this, I think he's really hurt, man. I got to go back there and, and see how he is. But uh, that did not go as planned, <laughs> to say the least. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go back and look at this thing when we're done looking at it, because that, that is just crazy. I'm going to, like, slow because you see where his head just just gets slammed in the cement. I got Lou Albano, who at this point was uh, all over the place. He was with everybody. 
And so Gene, my goodness, he was in uh, just about every segment they did. It was, uh, he became a huge star. I mean, a network star from this, from these shows. It looks like uh, Albano, you know, this is before he had, he's, he's looking pretty good weight-wise. And so maybe he'd lost some pounds. Then you got Davy Boy Smith. Yeah, keep it short. Yep, there you go. There you go. And they're going to go back to WrestleMania 2. As I had said before, the uh, the newly crowned tag team champions in the World Wrestling Federation. As Brutus the Barber Beefcake and uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine. Previous champions. Headbutt goes down. Down goes. And wow. The British Bulldogs crowned uh, the champions. Their first matchup since WrestleMania. We got three falls in this one. Uh, let's see uh, what how's it going to go down here. Yeah, Vince McMahon, let's take it back to you. Yeah. But Gene, man, oh, he was uh, all over the place in this. Thank goodness that uh, one Saturday night main event uh, rolled on and um, they decided they wanted to be able to throw it to another locker room, get it, you know, uh, right with these other interviews that I was given a chance to be in some of these. And I really, really appreciated every chance I got to be on these shows. They were great because it had such a... Big, big feel to it. It was. It was network. It was network television. You know, a lot of people saw it. It was. It was very cool. And Freddie Blassie. Boy, could uh, he wear those pants any higher? Well, what the heck? Almost overalls. But Freddie, man, was a fashion plate. Gotta, gotta give it to him. Man could dress. Uh, Nikolai Volkov uh, doing uh, another horrible rendition of whatever he was singing as the Russian national anthem. The Iron Sheik, USA, yeah. Sheik. And what a physical specimen uh, he is. Uh, Really, he was legendary. They talk about what is Freddie. Yeah. Boy, he, uh, Freddie was, uh, you know, one of the greatest heels ever, and he wasn't afraid to dive into any pit. Uh, whatever it was, whatever you wanted him to put over, even if it was Iran, he was going to do it. Yeah. Zoom it, yeah. As you saw, man, he really, uh, despite whatever else he was doing to his body, man, he was still a uh, tremendous physical specimen. And now you got the new tag team champions coming in. The British Bulldogs, Davy Boy Smith and Dynamite Kid. And remember, this is uh, two out of three falls, folks. And this goes on for a while. This really does. And uh, talk about a, two tough guys, man. Uh, Davy Boy and Dynamite Kid. 
Great to hear. Great to hear that uh, David Boy will be inducted. He's part of the 2020 class of the WWE Hall of Fame. A long time uh, coming, uh, finally. Uh, I can I cannot be happier for the Smith family, uh, all of them. And uh, I'm, I, I know that Harry, uh, David Boy Smith Jr., as uh, many of you know him as, uh, is going to be inducting his father. He's going to be delivering the speech. But uh, just great. Uh, I'm really, really, really happy that uh, this has finally happened. And there, you know, there is some debate as to uh, whether or not Dynamite Kid should be in. Um, you know, I think if you, you judge these things on, on solely for what they did in the ring and what they did for the world of professional wrestling, oh, quick roll up there. Uh, there is an argument that he should be in. I mean, uh, Dynamite Kid uh, did a lot for small men in, in professional wrestling and what could be accomplished when he first came in. Uh, he was just amazing people by uh, what he could do in uh, some of the uh, the acrobatic moves he could do. He was just incredibly strong, so he could do power moves and was, could be a brawler when he needed to be. Oh, man, that was a quick, that's the first fall there. That was only a minute and a half. It was a submission there. As they get the first first fall. And Bobby Heenan very pleased about that. But that is the first fall. Okay, they're going to give that to Nikolai Volkov and the Sheik. As Howard's going to give the official word. And remember, it's best out of three here. As we go to a quick break and come out uh, now for the second fall of this. But as I was uh, mentioning, you know, the I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Of course, you can email me at primetimemooney at gmail.com. But, uh, you know, a lot of people, I have, I've had, a, a, you know, several conversations with people about whether or not the British Bulldogs should be in. Of course, uh, you know, Davy Boy, even after their run as the British Bulldogs um, would go on to accomplish a lot as a singles competitor in the WWE. So, of course, he carries more weight uh, in that way, in the sense of what he accomplished. But the British Bulldogs, and this was a time, remember, when tag teams were huge. Tag teams were gigantic. We had uh, just as many tag teams, I think, as we had you know singles competitors in many cases uh, that were very, very popular. And uh, the British Bulldogs were right up there at top of the heap uh, as far as uh, that went. And, you know, it, there are a lot of tag teams that still haven't made it to the Hall of Fame. Axe and Smash and Demolition. So it gets, uh, you know, it gets political. And if you had listened to that uh, conversation I had with both Bill Eady and uh, Barry Darso, on that uh, that fun ride that they were taking to from the airport to a show in uh, outside of Chicago, but Barry said, "Yeah, I think it would take man, maybe a hundred thousand dollars for them to convince us to go into the Hall of Fame." So there's still a lot of bitterness on their part, and that hasn't happened. But I really wish that uh, we could get all through, get through all this stuff, and and just really judge them on what they contributed, not only to the uh, 
WWE, but to the world of professional wrestling. And we've seen that they recognize a lot of people that maybe didn't do so much necessarily. And this could have been the second fall, but the referee distracted and Nikolai uh, uses that opportunity to uh, just kick (laughs) Davy Boy in the head. He might have been able to do that right away. Maybe he was just taking the opportunity to rest a little bit. But as soon as the referee, uh, the tension was regained there, uh, he kicked out, literally. And the Sheik now going to work on Davy Boy in for a cover. Barely gets one. And they are the tag team champions. Davy Boy into the ropes. Gets the big uh, curled boot. And a big atomic drop. Here's another cover. Is this going to even it up? Nope, not yet. And Sheik makes a tag. In comes Nikolai. Tries to roll him up here and uh, goes for the cover. Gets two. That's Danny Davis in there uh, as the third man. Oh, is it? Is it? No, maybe not. No, that's not Danny Davis. Big elbow. And uh, getting a count. David Boy trying to get over to the corner of Dynamite. Nice angle there. But these guys, I, I thought Nikolai and, and Sheik were, were great, uh, uh, you know, Tag team as a tag team, and then Freddie. That was you know, and having him part of it too. That was uh, that was a good show, man. Albano, you've got uh, some of the greats here: Lou Albano, Freddie Blassie, and now Nikolai. It's going to go for body slam or power slam. Uh, okay. Jerk's leg, but uh, he's not going to get it because Davy Boy gets the leg up on the rope. Nikolai thinks he got it. And Davy Boy rolls up Nikolai, and they get the count. So now it evens it up one to one. Volkov taking time out, thinking that he had gotten the fall and that they had won, or Davy Boy had his leg up on the rope. Took a little time to celebrate, and it cost him the fall. One fall each. The British Bulldogs. All right, one-on-one. So it gives us a great chance here to take a commercial timeout as we come back for the third fall. Next fall takes all. And Davy Boy in now with Nikolai still. Oh, boy, knee to the side of the head there. Nikolai not pleased that he uh, lost that uh, second fall after thinking he'd won it. Now, it says in the notes that uh, Dynamite Kid, and you haven't seen him do much in this, had legit, uh, legitimately torn some ligaments in his knee. And so they were trying to protect him a bit so he didn't have to work too much. So you got Davy Boy... Having to do most of the work here. But that guy, uh, man, he just sacrificed his body every time they got into the ring. Boy, Dynamite Kid just uh, gave it all. 
Remember, they always just say that the, the boot was loaded. He's got, he had lead in the, the tips of those boots. And walking him over here, trying to set the crab. There he goes. And uh, will we get a second submission? Uh, David Boy says no. As he's trying to crawl over to the ropes. He gets to the ropes, they're going to have to break. Oh, but can he do it? Yes, he does. And as he gets the break, in comes Nikolai once again. Backbreaker. And uh, Davy Boy Hurton holds on to it. Just stretching him. And he's trying to cheat a bit here, grabbing the trunks. And a big bear hug. Nikolai, well known for that. That was one of his uh, signature moves. As uh, British Bulldog fights back, elbows to the side of the head. Now he's got to take on the Sheik again, but he's going to just smother him quick. Power slam. Does he get the cover? No, Nikolai comes in and breaks it up. And let's see what uh, Dynamite Kid's able to do here. He's wearing a brace. But locks him in with the uh, bear hug. And Dynamite Kid, man, still willing to sacrifice out there. Driven hard into the corner. The Sheik checks in. He's the legal man. But look at how, you know, David or Dynamite is really, see how he's kind of favoring that leg, so... Got to be careful, trying to protect it. Oh, man, this could be it. Setting him in for the camel clutch. Remember, this is uh, this is a tag team title match. And rolls him up. Dynamite Kid holding tight and gets the cover. And the British Bulldogs prevail. Hold on to their tag team championship. Wasn't awful. I mean, I know that uh, they got some. But there was, uh, you know, they're saying here that uh, Davy Boy was not the legal man in, which he wasn't. And Blassie's uh, just out of his mind. And Bobby's saying maybe they're going to reverse this. Still tag team champions, the official word. And Bobby, man, just uh, saying it's a miscarriage of justice. Yeah, as they say in here, you know, that uh, Dynamite Kid, man, he had uh, legit torn ligaments. Should not even have been out there. But uh, this, this is a classic example of how these guys you know, worked their asses off and had to keep working to make money. And that was the, so they would go out there and risk um, limb and life. I mean, because uh, they just had to keep doing it. They had to keep doing what they're doing. As they wrap it up, and Bobby Heenan. Tell the people. 
See, they always did these double closes, which were was really weird. I don't know. See, we got the capacity crowd is now emptying out. <laughs> All right, will this be the last close? They always do like a double close. They'd always have one, hey, wrap it all up, and then we'll be right back. And then we got to get the uh, credits in here. You saw Dick Ebersol and Vince McMahon, Kerwin Silfies, the director, George Scott, event, uh, the event coordinator. John Servideo, that was a name in New York. Uh, they had a big uh, production house there. They would do a lot of all the editing there. And that was an NBC connection. But, uh, you know, what'd you think? Uh, the uh, the people that uh, the notes for this one they weren't real impressed with this this uh, this production, but for me, I really thought it was uh, you know very entertaining because you got to see all these guys and maybe I'm just nostalgic but I just love seeing these guys in there. Uh, it was just uh, you know tremendous to see uh, all these people and Gene and, and Hulk Hogan cutting promos together. Uh, love seeing that. And, uh, you know, also uh, the other people, I mean, Paul Orndorff and King Kong Bundy uh, in there and uh, really wanted to see that match between Ricky Steamboat and Jake Roberts because um, you hear about that one and just how devastating it was. I mean, uh, Ricky taking that uh, full brunt of the cement with his head, it just shows you how fast, uh, you know, Jake would drop that DDT. It was basically he would just come off his feet and you drop to the ground. And uh, Ricky did not have enough time to protect himself, get his his, hand, his arm up or whatever to protect his head and just went uh, head first right into that cement. And, man, uh, that's certainly uh, – I'm sure he suffered a number of uh, concussions. Well, you got to witness one right there because that was some serious stuff that he that he endured with that. So, um, you know, people that are, you know, purists and they look for the, the, the uh, performance as far as what happened in the ring, I get it. I really do. But uh, for me, I, enjoy, I really enjoyed this episode because of what was in here. I mean, they jammed these shows just full of superstars. And it was a great um, way for them to promote the house shows because you'd see these guys, they would be able to set up these uh, long-running um, feuds they'd be having, these storylines they had going. And after people would get to see them on network television, which was a massive audience, uh, they would want to see them in person, and they would go to these house shows. Now, back then, we had sh- shows everywhere, pretty much every month. I mean, you could go to a show at the Garden, both gardens, uh, Boston and New York, every single month. Uh, other places you'd see them within a couple of months, like Philly, they, they had one every month there. But even other cities, you know, that um, you'd see, I mean, every couple, three months or so, they'd, we'd have a, a show back there, depending on how well they did. But this is, remember, they were packing houses. This one uh, was no exception. This uh, uh, at the Providence Civic Center, you saw, I mean, all the way to the rafters, they had people up in those seats. I you know I don't know exactly how many it held back then, but you're talking uh, several thousand. I'm sure, uh, maybe as many as twenty or eighteen thousand. Those arenas were very big. Um, not sure what that held back then, but remember you could put more seats on the floor because it was just a ring in the center there. So uh, these uh, shows did very well. Did a lot to help promote the World Wrestling Federation at the time. 
They used it as a tool. You saw how much WrestleMania they were able to put in there, little highlights of that uh, coming off that uh, second uh, WrestleMania. And uh, they were great, uh, great vehicles for the WWF. And I have to say that masterfully uh, marketed. They did a a great job as far as uh, that went. And uh, this is when they were just on a roll. Things just kept getting bigger and bigger. Hulkamania hadn't peaked by any stretch of the imagination in May of 1986. So uh, it was awesome. And, uh, you know, and I hope this piques your interest too because do a little more research on your own. You know, find out more about Adrian Adonis. I love going back and uh, reading about his story. Um, Just a very, very interesting guy. And uh, also, you know, Terry Funk. Terry Funk would, uh, you know, in the Funk family, got all that they accomplished in the world of professional wrestling. And this relationship that Terry had with the, the World Wrestling Federation, the WWE, uh, I should say as well, because he would come back and, and he never stayed long. If you look, he would be there for eight or nine months or so, and then he'd go away. And then he'd be gone maybe a year or two, then he'd come back. And uh, so I don't know if it was a, maybe a love-hate relationship, but uh, you know, there's so many great stories. And I hope this uh, reminds you of, uh, of what they were all about, King Kong Bundy and his story and uh, seeing Bobby develop uh you know uh, early on here and then he would eventually find his perfect partner his uh his soulmate on the air gorilla monsoon that uh, they were just fantastic together um, and uh anyway it was just uh I, that's why i love watching these they're just uh, great great shows um so there you have it uh, one another one of our network classics here uh, as i said before i know a lot's going on right now in the world man and i just hope you're taking care of yourself and uh, being considerate of others, and we're going to get off. We're going to get through this. Uh, I look through. They were talking about like some of the disasters of the things that have happened, and uh, it was going to end the world. And of course, we we get through it all, and and that's uh, why we are such a great uh, country. Because uh, when things uh, happen, uh, we take care of each other, and uh, that's the kind of situation we're in now. But we have to take it seriously. We really do. That uh, you know that uh, when things start spreading, this this coronavirus spreads very easily, and that's one of the the big things they're combating here is trying to just control it because once they do, then it will die out. But in the meantime, if it continues to spread, and that means, you know, you don't have to go out to big gatherings. You don't need to go out to clubs and uh, you know other events. Look at all the sporting events that they've they've now canceled. The NBA. The uh, NHL, uh, the NCAA tournament isn't taking place anymore, um, you know, all the way down the line. So, you know, you have to realize that uh, it, it is something that's very serious, but uh, we can uh, get through it. Just everybody has to help each other out. In the meantime, uh, take care of uh, yourself and your family. Remember, even if you think, well, I'm, I'm young and healthy, but remember, you, can, you could carry this and give it to somebody who isn't. Uh, somebody may be very close to you your parents are maybe older or your grandparents. So, uh, you know, think about that. But uh, in the meantime, really, uh, just take care. And uh, glad you uh, tuned in once again. I really enjoyed this. We'll do another one next week. But uh, enjoy the Saturday night's main event from May 3rd, 1986. Uh, folks, love to have you follow us on Twitter. You can find out where uh, the latest we're up to uh, as Instagram as well. It's real easy, at Primetime Mooney, at Primetime Mooney. Also, you can follow me uh, at Sean Mooney Who 
uh, for uh, on Twitter there. So I'd love to have you uh, join me there. I put a lot of stuff up there and uh, retweet a lot of things. So check that out. And you can always g- uh, email me at Gmail, which is primetimemooney at gmail.com. Primetimemooney at gmail.com. And uh, as we're, uh, you know, we're trying to do a lot more stuff where we're going to have a video. Um, I got a great setup now. I got a great camera. So I'm going to start uh, putting up more of our episodes uh, with video because uh, we're using the, we're taking advantage of the Skype uh, video. And so when we get uh, guests that come on who are savvy that way, uh, technically, uh, we have been doing that. And uh, if you're a Patreon member, you get it uh, early and ad-free, and that includes all that video uh, you get to see and the episodes that we have that are audio only. Um, you get it uh, early and ad-free, and you can uh, see it all for as little as $4.99 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash primetimemooney. That's patreon.com slash primetimemooney, and check it out. There's some other tiers in there. If you uh, want to join for uh, uh, become a Mooney or a Legion of uh, Who member, there's uh, other perks that go along with that. But uh, we'd love to have you join us with that. Also, if you uh, download the podcast through uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, be sure that you subscribe if you do. And also give us uh, a five-star rating and a review. Really, really helps. Okay, that's it. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Till next time, I'm Sean Mooney, and I am out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.